Welcome out there in podcast land to another wonderful episode of The Album Argument. I'm Ryan. I'm Jeremy. And we are so glad to have you with us. If you have not joined us in a while, The Album Argument is a podcast where two dudes get together and talk albums with each other. We pick the best and worst songs from those records and we just share our thoughts. Sometimes we'll have an album argument. Yes, that is true. And we have. We have fought after the show. We've thrown chairs. We've we've ran each other over with vehicles. But that's in part why it's a podcast, not video. Yeah. You know, so then we can hide the blood yep. and we don't yeah. have to show anything. Halloween just ended, so we, we have to move on from blood and guts. Jim. Yeah, there's no excuse. You just have to be, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're, you can't be yourself anymore because it's no longer Halloween. Yep, it's no longer Halloween. Because it's November. Happy November. Happy November out there in listener land. Thank you again for joining us. This is such a cool uh, moment. I'm, I am beside myself excited because, Jeremy, you don't know this, but this is in my top five of greatest records ever. We are, of course, of talking about Criteria's Ungar. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. That's because I just shared it. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell you more. All right. So this is a cool band, a cool album. Uh, to back up a little bit, we have to look to Omaha, Nebraska, where the lead vocalist of this band, Steven Peterson, was from. And it's Peterson, not Peterson, Peterson. Uh, there is a difference. They're T and D. Steven Peterson was in a very influential uh, Omaha emo band, if you want to call them that, called Cursive. Cursive has gone on to have very big indie success uh, they, with their albums Domestica, The Ugly Organ, which in my opinion is the best Cursive record. Steven, unfortunately, was not on that one. But um, after a while of, of recording and touring with Cursive, Steven decided that it was time for him to, to move on to go to college and get his law degree. And so he left Omaha for Durham, where he attended Duke University to become a lawyer. Quick question. Sorry to jump in. So because I don't know cursive, I know about the band, but was he the singer? No. So what what was his part? He was, he was just a guitar player. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I believe he did backup vocals and stuff for it as well. Uh, But he was a, you know, songwriter, guitarist, you know, then while in Durham, while attending Duke University to become a lawyer, he started another band called The White Octave. They ended up releasing two records where he was the lead singer and guitarist for. So he kind of cut his teeth, you know, becoming that front man. Fast forward a little bit there. The White Octave ends. He graduates from Duke. He moves back home to Omaha, where now he's kind of stuck. Steven Peterson is living in a basement apartment doesn't know what to do, doesn't know if he wants to actually pursue being a lawyer or if he wants to give it one last go to be a musician. Not having a band, he decides to form a band that, in quote from from the album, a band that can't break up because it's down to one man. Hence, Criteria. Now, I will fast forward for you now. Criteria is a full band. It's a four-piece band now. But when this album was recorded... It was just him. Now, he did not play all the instruments himself. He, he, Steven Peterson went out there into the world, talked to his friends uh, from the, the Omaha scene, which is a huge indie scene. If you don't know the Omaha scene, we're talking like Bright Eyes, uh, again, Cursive. We're talking, uh, golly, Desaparecidos. 
there's so many different bands. The, the Monsters of Folk is what a lot of them are are known as, and even a band called Monsters of Folk. So <laughs> it's a very big indie scene that that Stephen uh, reached out to to help you know record this album. He got uh, one of his friends, AJ Magus, to come in and play bass, and he's also a known producer. And thus, Criteria is born. Now, this album is awesome. It's just phenomenal. It was initially released on Initial Records, but they went bankrupt soon after, and it got re-released on Saddle Creek Records, home of, like, Bright Eyes and stuff like that. So, it got its second wave of life. However, this is one of the most underground, underappreciated you can call it emo, you can call it indie, you can call it the Omaha Sound. One of the most underappreciated records ever. And it is incredibly good. This album is amazing on so many levels. And if you have not heard this record, I highly suggest you go out there and listen to it now. Yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. So I, I just, I had no idea who this was. When I read into it, I, I again I knew kind of cursive and of those bands, and um, yeah, I was just pleasantly surprised. It came out what two thousand five. Well, so it originally was released in two thousand three okay. through Initial Records, and okay. I forgot to say that before. But when it was re released, it was uh, through Saddle Creek in two thousand five. Yeah, and so nothing against the records that came out in the early two thousands, but we think of everything being very clean now in terms of recordings. But for a kind of that rock sound that they are. Um, what is this like post hardcore ish? What would you it, classify this? As? This is, this is really difficult to classify in my opinion. Um, yeah, it could fall under like, it's like hard indie. That's the best way I could describe yeah, it. It's not exactly, yeah. uh, it's hard indie rock, but it's very well recorded, especially yes. for 2002, three, when it was yeah. recorded and released, re-released in five recorded so. in a basement. Yeah, there are a lot of, let's say, indie albums that just don't sound good, at least if it's the first album, first couple of albums. It's meant to have that rawness factor. You know, they want to kind of stay underground, things like that, or the budget's pretty low, right? Uh, but maybe it's a sign of the times that also 2002 or three, when it was recorded, it's very easy to access great recording equipment, just like many people record at home now, and it's kind of the thing to record at home now. Um, because you can, right? So, oh yeah, um, oh totally. Uh, yeah, I was just pleasantly surprised. I might not have been a fan of it when it was first released. It wasn't my cup of tea, maybe then. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily my cup of coffee now, but what? it is. I'm not saying I don't like it. No, yeah. I'm just uh, don't don't. Hey, easy in my top easy. five, Jeremy. Easy. Um, I, I just think a cursive that I just never got into bands like that that for whatever reason I don't know. Just but I. I don't know if I would buy this. I might, but I would definitely listen to this again. Yeah, I understand what you're saying there. Uh, and I do want to point out that the cursive sound, when Steven Peterson left cursive, the cursive sound changed. Um, Tim Casher is the the main man of cursive. Once Steven left, Tim kind of took over everything and, and altered the sound to what it is. So there is a difference when you listen to the first cursive records. I think Steven was only on the first one. He might have been on the first two. The sound is different when you move on to Domestica or Ugly Organ versus, you know, what Cursive was before. Gotcha. And then uh, in my mind, the sound, uh, and then we'll get into the songs in a bit, um, the sound of this is kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like Mars Volta, it was like that era of 
like you said, hard indie, whatever you want to call that, yeah. that even now sometimes it's not screaming, but you know, it's just, it's a little edgy that yeah. that's when it's kind of hard for me to just sit back and relax. But I love this because this album, it has a little bit of that, yeah. except for that last song that I don't understand that we'll get to. <laughs> we'll talk about um, But then the rest of the songs, it just is, it is, I like it now. So I can't talk to yeah. what it was before, but I, I admit, so I'm happy that you gave this to me, that I heard it now. I probably would not have understood it in 2003 or five, Yeah, but I do get it now. And if there is one song that I like, um, a lot of the songs are great, but I admit it's the first song that I heard, which is the opener, which is The Coincidence. What a coincidence that is. Cause you don't fit my brain. No offense, your circumstance didn't lend itself to us. No synchronous between you and me. The coincidence of chance makes faulty circumstance. So yeah, the 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 music came in. I like the nice roomy drum sound throughout the record. Sounds great. Um, quality, again, we've already talked about that. That's there. The guitars, you know, kind of start out quiet here. I go, oh, this is kind of cool. This is not, I had yeah. no idea what I was going to listen to again. I just hit play. And then the vocals came in, and I was kind of getting ready for, okay, it's going to be kind of screaming. I'm not going to like this. And then the vocals came in. I go, okay. And, you know, he gets up. Yeah. In terms of he's more energetic, but I don't know. It just, it just works. It, it's a great opener. Um, I tried to look for other songs. I think just this one is the catchiest for me. No, and that's fine. Um, this, of course, is the very first song I ever heard of them. I came across this album through a review in Alternative Press magazine. It was a, it it, it was he was listed as one of the artists to look out for, and so I went and bought the album on a whim. I was like, all right, cool. I saw it in the like Best Buy. I picked it up. I popped it in, and of course, this is the first song that came on, and I was instantly in love. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I guess the question too, or maybe just a thought that uh, I'm always looking for songs in three. So one could maybe count this in six. So there's a yeah. six, eight feel, but usually based on the phrasing, I'm pretty sure I would count this in three. So I'm always looking for songs in three, just based on the phrasing. It's cool. It's just, I, I think it's yeah. a song in three, whatever it is, it's a, some type of triple pattern, but yep. um, it, it, yeah, it's cool. It's because a, a lot of that emo, indie, whatever could be the classic six, eight, that where the kick and snare land and it's kind of got that kind of swaying motion. But I think this, I don't know. It's, it's just cool that it's a straight three. Yep. I also have to back up there. I did not buy this record at Best Buy. I remember now that I bought it in San Francisco at Amoebas. Oh, there's nothing wrong with Best Buy, but Amoebas even cooler. Yeah. That is, I remember <laughs> distinctively now picking this up at Amoebas and I'm like, oh, why didn't I remember that before? Um, the days of record stores. I mean, Amoeba's still there. It's still there. I took my kids there. Yeah. Last time we were in San Francisco, I took them. I'm like, dude, we have to see this. This is the greatest record store ever. And we, we still have record stores, so I have this one. Uh, you left with a sticker from the album that you got yeah. here. So, um, so yeah, we, we have record stores around, so uh, I would suggest going, checking it out on, I'm guessing it's on vinyl. I don't know. Maybe. I, I mean, I... I don't think so, to be honest. I, don't, I would I would buy it on the vinyl. Yeah. So Amoebas does sell like CDs and tapes too. Yeah. Jeremy, come on now. <laughs> Not just vinyl, but anyways, <laughs> when I say record store, just a store that has music. Yeah. Um, if there was one song, and so again, going through all the songs, they're pretty cool. Uh, words, lyrics wise, I could relate to. Um, 
I don't know. They're, they're, they're all, they all rock, right? It's that yeah. hard indie. I like it now. I, I will listen to this again. But then I got to the last song, and I had to check. I, I honestly had to check. I, I thought, this might be one of those streaming songs that's listed as a song, but it's probably a hidden song. But it's not a hidden song. It's not. And and I, I had to look again and again, and it's Rescue Rescue. And it's just the one that it doesn't fit the rest of the album. Maybe there's a point that Ryan's looking at me going, he's going to tell me something and I'm going to feel bad about saying no, this. No, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Rescue Rescue, it just doesn't fit in my mind. I understand. It, it, it's more electronic. It's kind of has a cold, harshness, digital sound to it. That's not as warm as in, and inviting as the other songs. So I will share this with you. This is actually my pick as well as the not the best song. However, I, I still like the song a lot. I do. I like it a whole lot. But I like another song a little bit more, and that is a song called Bukita that did not show up on this record. It was on a compilation that was put out like shortly after in 2005, and that song kind of goes in the same same direction as Rescue Rescue, but it is much better. Like He kind of got that groove and understood, okay, if I'm going to do something different here, something that's a little bit off the wall, how to actually make it more enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, maybe it was a good segue. Being the last song on this album, it kind of having not really listened to any other albums by this uh, by by the group. That um, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe it, it was kind of a jumping off point. Saying okay, this is what we might do next time, and I kind of yeah. get that. It's just as an album here. If I had to pick one song, it just again, it just doesn't. Fit. And, and again, it makes total sense. I, I'm right there with you. So we we. Actually, agree, non-album argument. Wow, we agree. Ooh. Rescue, rescue. So, yep. if you have a song, what is your pick for, let's say, the best? Oh man, this is really tough. Okay, so I, I have, I have to give information behind all of this. Um, I got this record at a very pivotal moment in my life, and you were there for it. You were, you were, you were not there at the record store when I bought it, but you were there with me living this stuff. And I got this record when I was living alone in an apartment complex, and this album played constantly during that time, and I loved it. It like spoke to me. It spoke to me so much that I wrote the record label and said, "Hey, can I get the address to this guy, or can I send you a letter?" And have you guys like either forward it to them or send it to them? They're like, yeah, sure. Here, you know, like, so I, I wrote a letter to this guy saying, Hey, I went through this really hard time. This song that's on your album right here has basically like changed my perspective and outlook on a lot of things. Music speaks to us in a bunch of different ways. All I can do is just thank you so much for writing this. And even if I never see you or anything, just thank you. You, you helped me so much during this time. And I poured my heart into that letter. I didn't hear anything back. And that's fine. Years go by. Years go by. I travel to Iraq with the military, uh, with the army. When I was in Iraq, I used to go outside 
and we were a blackout fob, which meant that we turned all of our lights off at night. So for multiple different reasons, you know, part of it was because the, the city that we were close to, Bakuba, they were also a blackout city where there wasn't enough electricity on the power grid to keep them, uh, keep electricity rolling to them at night. So we were also blacked out because of them. I used to go outside in the middle of the night in Iraq. In, in my old school iPod that was a brick. And I used to play this record in the pitch black darkness of the Iraq night. And I would sing it and mouth it or, or, you know, like lip sync to it and rock out to it so many times. This album kept me sane through that Iraq war. If I had to say a number, it'd probably be around 50, 60 times that I did this. Coming back from Iraq. I'm stationed in Colleen, Texas. I drive down to Austin to go see this band. Now, I'm a journalist in the Army. I, I watch them. I'm blown away that they're right in front of me. This guy that wrote this beautiful song that changed my world, changed my life, is right here in front of me. They don't play the song at all. I'm, like, devastated. But he gets off stage. I go running up to him, and I said, Hi, I'm so and so. I'm I, I'm I'm a soldier at Fort Hood. Uh, I write for the newspaper. Can I please get an interview? And he's like, Sure, heck yeah. And I had already taken some pictures like during his performance. He takes me backstage. We go and sit on this couch. I put down my tape recorder and I just start asking him general questions. You know, stuff. Everything I wrote in the military, I had to put back, tie it back to the military. And I'm like, okay, so if an album of yours has gone out to military folk, what song would you want them to listen to? And he referenced the song from his new album that had just come out, which is fine. There have been two more records that have come out after this Criteria record. Neither one of them are as good as this one. Now, they're both good. They're both very good records. This one is a pinnacle. He looks at me, he gives me a song and stuff. And then we, we kind of make this weird eye contact and I, and, and he goes, did you write me a letter? Mm. And I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you wait, you wrote me a letter years ago about this song. I mean, something in his head triggered him. Like for me asking that question, I guess. And, and like we had this bonding moment. Me and this random dude named Steven Peterson of the band Criteria, we're like gelling together at this moment. On nice. yeah, like sitting across from each other on these these dirty couches at, at Emos in in Austin. Uh, we were at the club Emos, <laughs> and and it was one of the greatest moments of my life. And I I got to tell this man, thank you in person for writing that song. And that song is The Life. Yeah, very cool. So everything about this song is perfect. The music is perfect. The vocals are perfect. Even the little bit of distortion on his voice, you know, uh, or the whatever kind of effect they put on his vocal line, 
it's perfect. The the two guitar lines that go backwards against each other. You oh know, yeah. yeah, it's it's perfect. But what makes this song amazing and what solidified this album as being incredible is the last part of the song, the last lines. All I know is I'm hopeless unless I am living for you because the life that you give me is wholesome and every day I want to renew. And that is a line that has stuck with me forever. It is a line that I reference to my wife. It is a line that I reference to my children. You know, like, and I know it sounds sappy, but my life alone, yes, I can live for myself. That's great. But I have these wonderful people around me who make me want to be a better person. And I think back to this song constantly because of that. And I'm so thankful for it. And I know I've totally hijacked this episode and, t- and gone on no. long talking tangents again. I keep doing this. No, it's great. No, that's what I'm thankful for you sharing this with me and for everybody. Yeah, and, and but this this album, it is in my top five of greatest records of all time. It's a wonderful, every song on there is awesome. I still, even though I picked Rescue Rescued and be not my favorite on there i still like it um thorn sharps great me on your front porch great the coincidence that you said it's great the whole album is amazing and it's not a very long record most most of the songs are only like two and a half maybe two minutes 45 seconds yeah i think it's what just under 31 minutes yeah the entire album it's yeah. kind of amazing but it's rocking and you know and i like i said i will never forget those nights the pitch black nights in iraq like just being outside jamming to this record and like lip singing it essentially and imagining myself being in a better location, a better place. This album saved me and kept me sane in hard times. And that's the, you know, the power of music and art in general Yep. and how it's somebody can just write a song somewhere in their basement, in their room, record it, Put it out there to yep. the world, and it can influence so many people, and it can touch somebody, and that's that's the the cool thing. Maybe even mm-hmm. odd, you know. And I'm yeah. sure they they can be taken back, going, "Whoa, whoa!" You know, this this is how it made you feel. And sometimes too, I've heard artists too say, "Well, that's not what I intended the song to be." Yeah, <laughs> and I, you know what? I, it doesn't matter though, and I don't care. You know, it's one of those things where it's if somebody came up to me and be like, "Oh, your song about you know, like I, so it's called like I love ducks." Your song "I Love Ducks" changed my. You know what? Cool, dude. Sweet. Like I love you that you love that. You yeah. know, or that it did this for you. You know, as you've said before, music is what we can take from it a lot of times, and I'm just I'm thankful for it. Uh, and a lot of people, some people are probably wondering, okay, Ryan, you interviewed him. Did you ever write the story? Yes, I did. I did. It got published. It's out there. It, you know, and I, I even took a, it got published in a couple of different places. I was very surprised and I cut it out and I sent it to him. I mailed it to him and I hope he got it. Or I sent it to the record company like, Hey, look, you know, like there's, here's some stuff about the band and, uh, who knows? Maybe they got it. Maybe they didn't. Not really sure. But if he ever comes across this, Steven Peterson, thank you so much. Like, this album has meant the world to me. Your song has meant the world to me. That moment that we shared in, in emos where like we connected over something like has meant the world to me. And I will forever be grateful for that. And I've told that story to my children. I've told it to my wife and I just, it's wow. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm again, thankful that you shared this and, uh, the power of music and, and power how, of music. how we can, um, uh, be influenced and you know reach across different totally. people and different languages and different uh, areas of the world and so yeah I'm thankful that it it 
helped you through a certain time yeah. and that, that we're here together today that we can still do these awesome yeah. episodes and, together. And I would love to hear what people out there have to think. I can't be the only one that has had this, an album like this. You know, I know you have, and maybe it's stuff that you're holding on to or, or that you're not ready to to put out there or say, hey, Ryan, go listen to this. And I know Siamese Dream is one of them, though, right? Yeah, that was yeah. one of them, yeah. So um, I, I want to know if, if there's anybody else out there that, that, you know, if there's a record that has done the same for you or made you f- have the same kind of feels. I like saying feels if you haven't noticed. Yeah. Uh, if you've had the same feels for a record, please let us know on our socials. Let us know at thealbumargument.com. You can find our socials on there. Um, send us a message, whatever. I, I would love to hear what other people have to say because, yeah, I think there's more of us out there. Yeah, and if you need a, a, a way to listen to this album too, we have a link on our socials and everywhere to a, a playlist on Spotify or definitely check out this album on um, any streaming service. Everywhere. Everywhere, right. And it's it's a rocker. So yeah, go to Amoebas and buy your copy. Oh, yeah, go to a record store. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you again. And uh, I don't know, any other final thoughts? Yeah, Steven Peterson is still, he's still making music with Criteria. They um, Their second record came out in 2005, and then their next one came out in like 2015. So there was like a 10-year gap. Um, he's still, he's a practicing lawyer in Omaha. Nice. So it's pretty cool. You know? Oh, one other question. Is uh, 311, are they from Omaha or no? Uh, they are from Nebraska. Yeah, they are from N- Omaha. Yes. So another throwback to a, a previous Look episode. Of ours, so just kind of thought about that. Not at all related in terms of sound or nowhere close scene at all. But nowhere just, close. I just thought of that. So, but yeah, very cool album on guard by Criteria. And yeah. Thank you for sharing. So uh, let thank us you. know out there too on the socials and um, yeah, hopefully everybody has a wonderful November and we're bringing you more. Uh, more more awesome podcast. If anybody has any suggestions or requests for any albums, we're open for that. Um, I don't know. Are there Thanksgiving albums? I don't know. If you have, I one really out don't there, know. Yeah, let us know if you have a Thanksgiving album. I'd be interested in that. Of course, there's Christmas albums, so we might have some holiday albums. Maybe a Hanukkah album too. Yes. Right. So uh, my my family, part of my family's Jewish. So maybe you know they they appreciate I have the to Hanukkah ask family. You. So I've I've started preparing for our winter concert. And we're sing- we've been singing this song called Lots of Latkes. Do you know this song? I do not know, but oh, I love Oh, it's so good. But I love latkes. So. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much out there for listening. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it greatly. Go check out the artist, download their music, buy their music, go check us out. We're cool people too. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jeremy. Deuces. We are out. <laughs>